Hello all, this is Tom. I wanted to welcome you to episode 8 of Conversations for a Better Life. Um, Miles and I had a conversation back on the 19th about coronavirus and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, hope that you enjoy, and if there's anything about the episode that stood out to you, if you want to leave us a comment um, wherever you hear this episode or on our Facebook page, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you have any questions or anything that you'd like us to talk about especially, um, we'd love your feedback. So I hope to hear from you guys, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And here we go. Okay. There. Wait. Now it says 13 seconds. I never know when it starts. <laughs> okay. So you mumbling here we go might be the beginning. I don't Sweet. know. I don't Sweet. care. <laughs> All right. So Tom and Miles. Conversations for a Better Life podcast. I made a joke a couple podcasts ago about the world being on fire, and now um, it's kind of really on fire. So, yeah, that's been a thing. How are you doing, Miles? Oh, it's been it's been a week. Um, we, uh, more specifically, I, I so remember how I was telling you that I lived away from my family for the last couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, approximately. 25 minutes ago we had arrived um, with the rest of my family up to the house that I've been staying in in Cleveland so we just arrived uh, very recently to to live up here as a family Um, we have all of our food with us we have all of our um, all of our family members including our dog and just it's a lot of transition man it's a lot yeah now so what does that mean for uh, your wife and her school did she, so she didn't get to finish? Yeah, nothing good. Um, oh man, that's... So she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't get to finish her uh, field work, which means that her graduation is pretty much put on hold, and um, we don't know what's going to happen. Nobody has any answers right now, so we're just sort of right waiting. But the good news about it is that even though I've spent the last two months away from my family, I now get all of my kids and my wife, and we get to all spend time together. So that's that's kind of good. That's a very positive. Uh... Yeah, that's a very positive thing to yeah. come out of all of this. Yeah, exactly, so. right. right. And then you're off work too, right? For the next three weeks, yeah. Yeah, and then they'll, I guess they'll figure out from there, like, what's going on. We should probably say that, by the way, as far as we are recording this on March 19th, and so everything we're talking about has to do with, you know, COVID-19 with the coronavirus in the United States. I have, hopefully, if you're listening to this weeks or months from now, this is all a thing of the past, and we have answers, and there is certainty back into the universe. But at the moment, everyone is very much uh, has no idea what's actually happening. So, yeah, that is the context of of this conversation. So, yeah. But um, yeah, so that uh, well, yeah, I'm glad that you are with your family. I'm glad that. Um, yeah, that, I mean, are they are they paying you while you're not teaching? Is that how that works? Uh, or th- thankfully, yes, they are. Uh, so that I'm, is excellent. I'm still still monitoring my kids, kind of with with distance. But gotcha. Um, for for the time being, I'm still being paid. Um, how cool. have you been doing with everything? And it's a lot of change. So okay, so my experience with the coronavirus is that almost nothing has changed. <laughs> Okay. Like, um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, I work in an administrative position for a company that provides 
what is considered essential life-sustaining work. So we will uh, continue to stay open even with everything being closed. Okay. Um, so my company will still be operating. I personally have a job that is you know, necessary for me to be there. So I go into work every day and do my normal routine, which has been excellent. And then I come home and don't talk to anybody, which is also my normal routine. So (laughs) social distancing for me has been incredibly easy. Um, Yeah, so not much has changed like at all to the point where if I really wanted to, I could pretend like this is any other Thursday and that nothing has changed. Um... I'm so so yeah, right then I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I am still, uh, you know, and you don't know because, like, uh, for example, um, a lot of the counties in Pennsylvania are sh- are essentially shut down or working with limited staff. Yeah, and those are the people that pay my company. Yeah. So there's there. It's not without concern and impact. It's just that right now, in the immediate, for me personally. Uh, I'm finding it much easier just to pretend like nothing is different and that nothing, I mean, I'm still taking normal precautions. So like, for example, it, the most that it's impacted me so far is that, um, every week, um, my family and I uh, have brunch together and it's brunch with my, you know, my niece and all of my siblings and my parents and my 80 year old grandmother. Um, and so we've had to postpone that because of concerns about my grandmother's health. So um, that is the extent that coronavirus has impacted me so far, except for the horrific experience of going to the grocery store, um, which my social anxiety is already high going into the grocery store. And so, you know, having food and stuff not be available and have people kind of be freaking out is just wonderful. Um but yeah, for the most part, my my I am very much intentionally trying to make my daily life as as similar as possible as to what it was before. So, and I have the luxury of that working out that way. So, we, um, uh, Carrie yeah. and I went to the grocery store about uh, a week and a half ago. Right, I, I had just gotten paid, and we're like, let's go and buy a bunch of groceries. Mm-hmm. You know, the feeling when you get paid and you want to drop a lot of coin on food i don't know if you have this experience but i do and um oh yeah for sure you know, like, well is that, is that is that a four pound ribeye that sounds reasonable you know that kind of thing and um <laughs> and we uh so we went we dropped like a ton of money on food and then everything started hitting the fan like the day after and carrie's like oh we dodged that bullet like look at all this food we got yeah so we've been um kind of storing in our in our uh in our guest room and we've been we, we brought it all up with us. There's a ton of food that we have with us, and um, I, I feel like a king. <laughs> I've never felt like like <laughs> rice rich before. But it's, it's a great it's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. I've seen so many like jokes on Facebook about like you know, you know, nobody thought that the that the you know doomsday preppers were like reasonable people, and now look at right, them. Right, yeah, they're yeah. the ones that have all the stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, man. You and your uh, once every hundred years uh, global pandemics. I'm glad, but hey, they're they're prepared. Any so, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna refocus a little bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, this is this is just as much. Yeah. Anyways, thoughts and words are difficult. Um, 
what I wanted to address with Corona in particular was my experience of having an anxiety disorder while like going through all of this and the very weird experience that has been, um, once again, like I'm trying to stay as normal as possible. And I was trying to figure out, um, cause like, uh, like people would, especially at the very beginning, uh, people were talking to me and were like, Hey, you should probably consider, doing these things and preparing these ways and um and something in particular that a close person in my life said I, w- I won't name drop um they were like you know you should really consider like if this stuff really goes bad like what are you gonna do like are you gonna um go live with family are you gonna go like you know what are all these externalities that you you know have you thought these things through and I'm like no I haven't thought about that at all and actually that's my that's my goal right now is to not think about it at all and then I was like oh yeah that's what I do all the time with anxiety like my coping mechanism is to be like that crazy scenario that my brain made up over there it it isn't real or it isn't real enough for me to think about and if I do think about it I will lose my mind so right. just pretend that it's not happening or at least that it's not happening in a way that matters to you or that you can control. And so just, you know, no, no big deal. And and that's, so that's like my general way of coping with anxiety. So now it's like, you want me to take a global pandemic, not just seriously, but like apply it to like my waking thoughts and like, you know, be like, have really like thought this all through. And I'm like, no, that's, I don't have the facilities for that. I'm not designed <laughs> I am not designed to operate in that way. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a positive thing. I was just remarking it like how, um, how it's weird, how you can develop a coping mechanism for one thing that nicely fits into other scenarios. Um, Do do, do you find yourself repressing in any other aspects of your life or just anxiety? Oh, Miles, all the time. (laughs) That was was a very real answer. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, like, um, I mean, I've been talking to my therapist about this. I don't, I don't use the term disassociative lightly because I, I'm aware of how severe it can be, sure. you know, with people with disassociative identity disorder or anybody dealing with any kind of severe psychosis. Yeah, right. Um, like just how bad disassociation can be. But I, uh, yeah, that is very much a feel. I, I, a mild form of that is what I feel very consistently that you know and just i never know when i should define terms but like when i mean disassociation i mean like the idea of like kind of being outside of oneself like almost Mm -hmm. seeing yourself in third person yeah right or second person that's even more fun yeah um and like things are happening to you and that you're not really experiencing them or like you're seeing yourself go through motions that you didn't intend necessarily sure um so yeah, that's that is how I experience mild forms of disassociation, and yeah, it's present in my uh, anxiety and depression and just general. Yeah, that's kind of my one of my chief coping skills. So, so do, yeah. do you do you remember the first episode we talked about the girl at the high school that I was working at, and how we sort of like had to do, we had to like talk about, um, or would not talk about the suicide. Do you, do you remember that? vaguely okay. yeah yeah like yeah you if you talked about it too much it would like wasn't didn't that something to do with like copycatting like, yeah exactly wasn't right. that some yep. of the right and 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 so after that we sort of talked about the mental gymnastics you can go through to justify something right 
um, mm-hmm. and how you can kind of like you know do cartwheels to try to make something make sense. So, with your disassociation, does that is that a willful thing, or is that sort of a subconscious thing that you do? Like, I know some people will be will, will sort of stop thinking intentionally, um, like people mm-hmm. who you know cheat on their wives or something like that. But I know some people who like legit have dissociative disorder, where reality doesn't seem real to them. Um, is, right? Is, is, is there one or another? Is it kind of a blend of the two? I think yeah. It I think it's a little bit of a blend. Um, I think uh, very commonly I will experience reality as surreal. Okay. That things don't quite make sense, and it seems weird and a little bit impossible for me to believe what i'm experiencing and i don't so i think that's very passive that's not intentional yeah right um but definitely during times that are that i perceive as traumatic or or extremely difficult or where i just need to like um you know put my head down and get through something then yeah i think that's very intentional i think i do that with work quite a bit like um don't we all you know when right but for me like i will literally like just like um like kind of like sit up at my desk and realize that like three hours have gone by kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that is a little bit more intentional or yeah. at least, you know, maybe in the way that like, you know, you're breathing constantly, but you can choose to control your breathing. True. Um, True. Like on an automatic versus, in, you know, in- intentional level. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but in January I went to the ER because uh, I was hearing voices. Did, uh, have I told you that? I think so. I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast, but I knew stuff happened in January. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I, so I was sitting on my bed, right? And the, I'll, I'll come around to what you said here in a second. Just bear with me for a minute. Yeah. Um, I was sitting on my bed, and I heard this girl. It wasn't my wasn't one of my daughters, because I know their voices. and mm-hmm. They were in a different part of the house, and I heard this girl under my bed counting to ten. Um a few times and it kind of freaked me out and I went and I got checked out and I had my lithium levels done and everything was fine it was probably just like a breakthrough kind of thing you know um but I freaked out like when I say I freaked out I mean I had like a like a legit full-blown panic attack when I was talking to Carrie about it crying you know sobbing um couldn't couldn't really grasp what was going on because I was doing so well for so long and uh, I was like, I want to go to the hospital. And Carrie's like, that's a, re- that's a very sane thing to want to do, you know. So she, mm-hmm. she was reassuring me that, like, even though I was having this breakthrough, it was still a, a logical thing that I was thinking, right? Um, can you say, can you, I'm not sure I know what you mean by breakthrough in that context. Well, like, like, like um, uh, it was like a symptom that sort of popped its head up as opposed to something that I had predictably experienced um you know like if you have like a manic episode usually you can see them coming okay. you know um but it just kind of like popped its head up and was like hey i'm hearing things and it kind of you know, went away yeah you know very very sudden and unpredictable and right yeah, okay i got you i was totally healthy i was doing work like it wasn't it wasn't like i saw this one coming you know um mm. cause i've heard voices when i've been been manic before but never like when i when i was healthy um mm-hmm. and uh so yeah, I, I guess like, I had this experience of like non-reality, right? Kind of like what you we were talking about there. Um, but I knew that it wasn't reality. Um, mm. I knew that it was not real. Um, 
as much as I is could. It, is that a comforting feeling to know that it's no, not real, or is that even more terrifying? <laughs> it's that more terrifying. Yeah, because uh, because I, I was trying to tell my doctor about it. I, I just saw him a couple of days ago, and I was saying like I heard it, but I heard it in my head, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, "What?" <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, do you have that experience of fear? Not fear, not fear but just like like ah uh, this is bad like this is bad um when you're experiencing that or it feels so naturalized to you that you don't really notice it so anymore? yeah i mean because what you're describing and and i could be wrong but you're talking about full-blown like auditory hallucinations right correct That's, yes isn't that the way you would describe that yes correct. um i i don't i don't think that i experience full-blown hallucinations and i think if i did i would immediately put myself into a hospital um do you think you experience delusions yes okay for sure okay in a in a lot of ways in in numerous and varied ways um okay can 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 we can we for the layperson break down what the difference between a hallucination and delusion is so yeah and i'm going to use my very poor definition of it when i once again when i'm talking about myself because delusions especially can be on this like crazy scale because you like everything from like the full like the paranoid part of paranoid schizophrenic is the delusions right you feel that people are out to get you that you know and that might be on like a oh the government is spying on me or maybe like a cosmic level like god is spying on me or looking at me or alien it could be anything um but that yeah that delusion is just like this incredibly unsettling mindset i would say um it could or or like it could also be experienced as like a form of anxiety about something that is just completely it is that the, the point though with with delusions in that sense is that it's gone from being like paranoia to like full blown psychotic like the thing that you're worried about is something that doesn't exist in reality or that or that makes no sense for you to be scared about yeah can um, can, can i can i piggyback on that yeah please please give a better definition because yeah I, I don't know if i have a better definition i have a different definition um so so for me like hallucinations when you see or hear something that isn't there right like this girl mm. that, that was talking to me did not exist right um visual hallucination hallucinations are so super duper duper rare that they are almost non-existent, like they happen like one in a hundred thousand cases of delusion or uh, hallucinations, like very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Usually, people hear things more than they see things. Um, so yeah, to- totally made up in your head, not real, no substantiation behind them at all. Now, delusion, in my mind, is when I get like talk about the paranoia, right? When I see my wife talking on her phone to somebody and I don't know who she's talking to. I think she's cheating on me. Or if I read the newspaper and I think there's secret messages from the government that are being told to me, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I can read the same words that you read, but I might get something totally different out of them that's on a paranoid level than it is me making something up, right? Like, if if I'm reading a book that doesn't exist, that's different than if I'm reading something that does exist that does have actual words in it. But the interpretation of that is on a paranoid level as opposed to a logical level. Yeah, which is why I kind of described it as a mindset. Because it's like it's not like a particular – like once again, psychosis is about this disconnect from reality. Um, And so like hallucinations are really, you know, um, 
like the epitome of that because you're literally hearing and seeing something that does not exist. Right. Whereas delusions, it is much more about like it, it incorporates into your mindset in, in a lot more of a cohesive way. Right. And so it can be harder to like fish out like when you are ex- experiencing a delusion. Um, yeah. So, right, cause, cause yeah, it, it, it's possible. It's very possible that my wife is cheating on me. She's not, but it's possible. Right. Um, but, well, because it's, it's a nor- that would be a thing that. that a human person could do, right? Exactly. Like as a, as opposed to you know you seeing something that you know isn't real and couldn't exist, like it is possible for a human person to cheat on you, right? Whether or not it is possible for your wife to cheat on you is a little bit irrelevant. Um, sure. It it is a thing that could happen. Is the right. point? Right. Right. Whereas, like a, a a mysterious little girl underneath my bed is not a thing that could actually happen. Man, right? you gotta stop talking about the little girls. I'm, I'm like, I don't like. It's weird, right? It I freaked think, me out, dude. Yeah, I I think I legitimately, and I need to do more research about this. I I think a like a part of my um, anxiety is like the what's that term? Hypochondriac when people think that they are. Um, sick with everything yes you know what i'm talking about yeah i think i have that with mental illnesses okay. like i am constantly worried about um especially like hallucinations i don't i don't know why i have fixated on this but i am i am always worried that i'm about to hallucinate does that make sense um does that, <laughs> not make sense do you understand what i'm saying not that it makes sense that i'm experiencing yeah that's what i'm saying yes um like we, <laughs> so in, I live with two roommates okay. and one of them so bought sorry. a, I don't want, they will probably never hear this, okay, even though they might, they are in the house so they could hear me for all I know. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash on them. Anyways. Yes. Anyway. One of them bought a full blown, uh, St. Joseph statue Oh geez. and it's, and it sits in our living room. And with a light illuminating it. Okay. So, f- fine, whatever. That that doesn't matter to me. But every night that I walk downstairs and I look at it, I am waiting for Joseph to, like, turn his head and look at me. I think that thought every time that I see that statue. <laughs> it's like something out of, like, and um, The Conjuring, right? The Conjuring or, like, Doctor Who or yeah. pick whatever, whatever thing you want to do. So, yeah, I feel I... <laughs> And that's like its own form of like paranoia. Yeah. Is like being concerned that you're constantly about to like go into a psychotic break. Um right. Yeah, and I experience that quite a bit. So yeah, when you start talking about little girls, I'm gonna ha- like though th- that don't exist like under my bed, I'm gonna have to like take some time oh, sorry. after the podcast is over and no, that's that's that you could have said anything and that would have anything that's about something that's not there, I get like that. Um, so, can, so yeah. Can can I can, can I tell you the next next part of the story that I didn't tell you earlier? Sure. So I looked underneath my bed because that's what that's what one does, mm-hmm. right? And I heard this really loud scratching noise, and then nothing. I was like, oh god, I gotta go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I had um. But then panic attack. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I I think I would have a panic attack after that experience. Um, yeah. Our our roof is leaking, or it was leaking uh, earlier in the year, and 
I didn't know this. And so one night when it was raining hard, all of a sudden I just hear this noise from inside my closet. Oh, and God. I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like it's, it's this very repetitious noise. It must be something, some like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Air pressure or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But then it like started getting louder and I'm like, what? Cause you, you know, you think you're crazy. You think yeah, that right. like, you don't know what you could be, especially someone like me. I, I always like jump to like, I'm hearing things. Anyways, it just ended up being that like, um, you know, uh, there was a leak in the roof and it had like come to like, uh, to create a hole in my dresser and like little droplets of water were, were like falling on a plastic bag in my closet yeah. and it was making that noise. Yeah. But man, I was, I was so convinced that like so, stuff so, was happening. And so, yeah. so you're hitting on something kind of interesting. Uh, actually, um, it's not just things in, in a closet. This one time. This one time. Um, uh, so, when I first started... I swear, Miles, if you start talking about little girls again, I'm going to lose my I, shit. I want to talk about little girls. God, that's not what I'm getting at. Um, no. Um, when, I, um, when I first started uh, hearing things, I was in Europe, right? And I was... Okay. I was on trains, and I would hear people calling my name. And that's sort mm. of like what... Um, my big thing was, was like just hearing people call my name and yeah, I'd be in the middle of, you know, Prague. I'd hear people call my name and I'm like, that's not real. Um, yeah. So it got to the point where like, even now when I hear people calling my name from a distance, I like ignore it because I think it might be that. Right. And I look around and if it's my wife or if it's somebody else calling my name, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But the question is like, how do you if you are seeing things or hearing things, how do you know that you are? Because um, I mean, th- oh, yeah. I don't this, think this you is can. old hat for me, you know, like, and, and I kind of know where it comes from in my head when I hear it. But like for, for mm-hmm. a neophyte like you, it might be really, you might be hearing things right now and you don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, this, this is where I think it's really interesting that philosophy, like um, whether it realizes or realizes it or not, uh, modern day philosophy is so intertwined with a certain philosophical perspective yeah. that it doesn't. I don't think that people, um, even people that practice like the science of of uh, psychology, for example, realize that there are so many philosophical assumptions that they're basing that psychology on. Right. So, like one of one of the basic principles in like you know, go back to Descartes, like you know this idea that you know nothing, you can't be certain of anything. Right. Like everything that I experience is stimulus from the outside world. That's the that's that my that's the uh, cogito huh? ergo sum, right? Like, like I, right. I, right, yeah, okay. I think therefore I am, and it's the only thing that I can know. Yeah, right. Right is that I am a I am a consciousness. I am a I am an I. I am an, an individual person. I experience my own consciousness, and um, I can't I can't make that up. That experience of experiencing my own self. Because because De- um, Descartes says that all that we experience could be demons playing tricks on us, right? Because there are people who see things that aren't there, and people who hear things that aren't there. And how do you know you're not one of them in a bed in a hospital somewhere, right? Right. Yep. Cool. And you don't. Right. <laughs> I can do philosophy sometimes. <laughs> and so yeah, well yeah. And so the question is then so knowing that it is technically impossible to know one's own environment um, in, in an absolute way 
you know, you kind of just go on the assumption that, well, if that other person that is not me also thinks and experiences things external to them, then it has a higher probability of existing. Now, that person could also not exist. Correct. And this could all be a fantasy in my head, but it seems more likely than the more people that experience an external thing, and we all seem to comprehend that it is a thing um, outside of our consciousness, it seems more and more likely that that's probably what's going on. Right. Not with any certainty, but with a high amount of probability. Right. So, and that's how we live our lives, is based upon what is most likely true. And I think that uh, statement applies both literally and metaphorically. Um, you you kind of just go off of what seems to be, to make the most sense, the paradigm of the moment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so, so anyways, I'm not worried about coronavirus is what I'm telling so you. Bring, bring it on back to the, uh, to the, uh, sort of his hand. Uh, do you think that your fears are logical or warranted or do you think that they're unhealthy or do you think it's a combination of the two or do you think it's like one of those? Well, I have a lot of different fears for a lot of, a lot of different. Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of my, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that it's all entirely unwarranted, okay. which makes it even the more difficult. Yeah. Because right. <laughs> How do you separate it? would be it, very right? easy. Yeah. To say like, this is not a thing that could happen and, and this is why it couldn't happen. Right. And then just repeat why it couldn't happen over as a mantra when you're experiencing it and be like, nope, it's not a thing. Right. Um, no. And that, that, that is what makes solutions hard is that like, there is a nugget of truth in there somewhere yeah. it, and it is kind of like almost in your mindset as like a parasite. And right. so it's it's feeding off of the same accurate information that right. you think is accurate as well. Right, exactly. And and, and this is where p- paranoia is such a. I mean, I've had paranoia issues before. Have you have you ever dealt with paranoia or no? Uh, unless you consider the thing about going into a, a, a psychotic break a paranoia, then probably not. Uh, I don't think it's. A, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a paranoia to me. It sounds like. That's fine. I'm I'm okay not having an additional thing that I have to worry about. <laughs> Tack it on the wall, add it to the list. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and that's the thing about paranoia is that like it, you're right. It, it's fed by accurate information, right? It's fed by things that are real, and it just perpetuates and perpetuates. And then when um, when you address it, it's never like enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I would imagine um, that it's very easy. It's very difficult to feel settled, right? As though it's you know that it's ever done or that it's ever, you know, that you're beyond it, right? Because it, uh, yeah, it always is. That possibility is always there. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, can I? So how do you feel about the coronavirus? Miles? Um, I'm young and healthy, and my family's young and healthy. Um, my grandparents are out in New York and they're old and not healthy. So I'm kind of worried about them. Uh, they're also stubborn and don't do what they're told. So they're throwing parties mm. this week. Um, so that's kind of frustrating. Are they like those, uh, spring breakers in Florida? Is that your grandparents? No, they just, they just drink a lot. Um, and, uh, right. Like, so about the same. <laughs> Bermuda shorts and Ray-Bans. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, <laughs> same thing. Um, no, uh, they're, they're, they're cool. I mean, I I don't really get worried about stuff. Um, my main worry, honestly, in all of this was getting my meds. Um, mm-hmm. And I filled another month month's prescription yesterday. So I have two months good. on hand, which is really good. Um, 
but you know that's about it really and then job security is like the only other thing that i'm worried about so right yeah that's okay um can can i ask a favor yes sir can we wrap things up because my wife needs the room that i'm in for my kids to go to sleep it's like 10 o'clock that that is completely fine (laughs) i wanted this to be a shorter episode to begin with and we we talked about more than i was anticipating so that's that's (laughs) great dove deep as we as we do yeah exactly so well i'm i'm glad to hear that you are with your family and that there is a some positive uh you know outcome to all the insanity so yeah yeah, right it's good talking to you i appreciate it if you need anything feel free to call me all right Sounds good, man. All right. I uh, appreciate everyone listening, and um, we will see you all soon. Bye. See you. Bye.